Welcome back to More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. I am your host, Keanu Trujillo, and today we have a true power couple if there ever was one. Jennifer and Jeremy Frankowski. Jennifer is a type 1 perfectionist and Jeremy is a type 8 challenger. Two of the most driven types on the Enneagram and that is evident in their life. Both CrossFit competitors and business owners. Jennifer owns her own physical therapy company and Jeremy is a retired NASCAR driver whose engineering business is partnered with Chevy and NASCAR. Not only are they accomplished in their professions, but they are accomplished at home, pouring that same energy into their marriage and their financial goals. They paid off $230,000 in debt in eight months. You're in for a treat. Enjoy. Welcome, Jennifer and Jeremy, the true power couple, a type eight and a type one. You all know out there, listeners, that Lamar and I are a type eight and a type one, and we fight like cats and dogs, but we're also best friends. So I'm so excited to hear from your perspective, Jennifer and Jeremy. How about we get started by telling us your Enneagram type and then how you discovered the Enneagram. So I am an Enneagram type one, um, which is the reformer. We found out about the Enneagram actually through our church. Um, Our pastor did a series on Enneagram and um, it was a four week series and we loved it just because it really helped us um, start digging in to find what numbers we were and then helped our relationship together. And we bought a book and started reading the book just so we could understand our types more. And I'll let Jeremy share. I'm a challenger, number eight. Like she said, we found out from the church and then um, bought the books that they recommended and tried to learn and grow and figure out what our strengths are and how to how to better serve our partner. What were some of the conflicts that maybe before you had the lens of the Enneagram that existed between you guys as, as a one and a type A? And then when you found the Enneagram, it just exposed like, oh, that's why uh, we see things differently or, or what have you. Are there any like anything like that? Yeah. Do you want to share? Um, probably for me, it's just how, how, how direct and helpful or hurtful my words can be. So um, I'm really uh, a little bit more cautious. I kind of treat it like a loaded gun because I recognize that about myself. It can be, my words can be powerful to help or powerful to hurt. Um, I think that was some of it for me a little bit was words understanding sometimes too, that um, his heart was pure and he was just trying to be direct and not sugarcoat, not beat around the bush. Um, and it, he meant it out of love. Um, and then I think something that also helped me was, um, eights are like, get it done. I want it done now. I'm going to get it done in this second. There's no time to think about it. We're not worried about the details and I'm more analytical. Like let's look at all the details and plan and make the best decision. And so it would frustrate me and I would get anxious sometimes when he's like, we got to do this now. And I'm like, I need a little bit of time to think about this. So what, uh, so where would you put my, my spreadsheets in there? <laughs> All my planning spreadsheets. They're great. They're detailed, I mean, but you get I'm it not, done. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a quick, quick trigger every day of the week. I, right. I, yeah. I, yeah. I do plan out the, the important stuff, but some things are just like, man, we got to move. Yeah. yeah. Type eights are big decisions are, are easy for type eights. Um, when it's like hair trigger, like, let's just go, let's make it happen. And Lamar is laughing like Jennifer, I know how you feel. Even in our podcast, sometimes I'll, I'll have a spreadsheet that says, okay, this is what we're going to cover for the next six months. And then yeah. I'll show up on Friday morning when we do our recording. I'm like, Lamar, I just got hit with this this morning. I know <laughs> that it was from the spirit. So yeah. let me give you a download and let's run with it. And he's like, okay, I got you. Next time, (laughs) it's no notes, no questions prepared. (laughs) Yep, it's plans with flexibility, right? And, um, 
that's uh that's one thing I've I've learned about her. She's usually on board with some of my wacky plans. If I break it down, if I write it down, break it down, we review it, and then she's like, "Now I understand what you're saying. Now I understand where you're going and why we want to do this. Let's do it." Right? But if I'm like, if I'm spitballing, it's just it's not yeah. received. Plans with flexibility. I think that might be what we named this episode because if you think about a one and an eight, like that has Plans to be with flexibility at the core. Who? Okay, who made the first move? I I made the moves, but it was long. I mean, I had to let it marinate. I mean, it was not a it was not a quick deal. Uh, she was tough tough to get. So uh, first night, I just made small talk with her. Um, she had like some lights out on her on her vehicle. So I was talking to her about that. And then maybe a month later, we uh, saw each other again at a competition and we happened to run into each other. And she told me, Hey, thanks for telling me I got, I got my lights fixed and went to the shop. And I immediately felt a connection with her. And then we happened to be at the same Christmas party. And I had heard she was, um, that I heard from another guy that she was dating another guy, which ended up to be just uh, exaggerated. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to lose this opportunity again so i asked her if i was like hey it's all right with you i'd really like to get to know you and she played super hard to get she was like well i'm not really interested in dating so uh i don't know i'll think about it <laughs> so. yeah my response when he asked for my number um and asked if we could hang out was maybe i just kind of said well maybe if we can just be friends <laughs> <laughs> there you when go when she said maybe how did you respond to that jeremy uh, i was like Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was Challenge accepted. I love it. That's what I was hoping that you would say. My wife put me in the friend zone twice before she finally. <laughs> Dude, and, that's uh, how the best relationships start. Exactly. Well, especially if you're dealing with an eight. So right. you and I, Jennifer, if you wanted to get rid of him, you should have said, yeah, sure. Let's go out. And then yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll call you. I'll pick you up. Yeah. My wife friends owned me uh, twice. And I told her now looking back on it, we didn't know the Enneagram then, but I said, that was the worst thing that you could have done because that <laughs> made me more uh, excited yeah. to pursue you. So yeah, yeah that's true. Well, you know, this is Enneagram for business and you two are just some all-stars in your businesses and in, in your careers. Jeremy, retired race car driver. Now you're an engineer. You have your own engineer company working with Chevy and NASCAR still. And then Jennifer, physiotherapy, rocking business. You're booked out all the way until 2021. And so plans with flexibility. How did you all end up in uh, your spaces and ultimately starting your businesses? For me, and this really helped when I learned the Enneagram. When I started my practice, one of the reasons I started it was I was really, really frustrated with the world of physical therapy. And I felt like the brokenness in healthcare. And I got really frustrated working for other people and feeling like it wasn't really about the patient. It was just about the numbers. And they, not that they didn't care, but a lot of times they didn't really care that much how fast the patients were getting better. Because you also were seeing so many patients at once, there was so much turnover, you couldn't be as detailed and efficient with them because you were seeing so many. So when I kept searching and searching, um, when I came up with a name for my business, I knew eventually after my first job, I was going to start my own practice. And my business name was Be The Change Physiotherapy because I wanted to be the change in the physical therapy world that I wanted to see. And when I read about the one Enneagram, they're like, there's something wrong with the world. They're always trying to make things right in the world. 
And I was like, yep, that makes perfect sense. We got to change it, right? We got to make it right. They don't understand. Jennifer, I'm on your side. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of what led me to start my practice just because I really wanted to change, change the atmosphere of, of physical therapy for, for patients. Such a gift for type ones to fix what is broken or what could be better. And uh, I know the type one uh, widely known as the perfectionist, but I actually like the language that you use the reformer or the improver. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not as much about trying to make things perfect, but make things better. And I know a little bit about your model in physiotherapy, and it seems like you fixed a broken system, if you will. Tell us a little bit about your approach versus other approaches. So one thing that's really different about my practice is that we always see patients one-on-one and the goal is to help patients in as few of visits possible versus, Hey, come three times a week for the next six weeks. Hopefully you get better. Really. We just care about billing your insurance where I'm a cash-based practice. So it really puts more responsibility on both me and the patient to get them better. Patients are paying out of pocket, so they want to get better. And obviously if, if they want to continue, some of them are um, decide, Hey, I want to continue with you more for performance rehab because you've helped me so much and I'm getting so much out of one-on-one visits and they might come, you know, then just once a month. So that's something that's really different versus when I worked for other people, the minimum I would see together was two patients. And then there was times I had four at once. And then my first job, we would even overlap. And there'd be a time that I would have six people under me at once. And I would just be bouncing Mm. around um, and handing stuff off to a tech. And that was really discouraging for me too, because I wanted to build that relationship with the patient and truly understand what was going on because there's also such a psychosocial part of, of pain and what people are going through. So that's something that's really different about my practice versus the traditional um, physical therapy practices. I think uh, I'm going to relate to you here in a, uh, with this next, uh, because one of the things that you had mentioned was you're seeing six people all at once yeah. and there's a certain level of deepness and and clarity that you want to have with each person and, and the details with every movement, every exercise you're trying to put them through that you just can't do. Right. Mm -hmm. In a similar way with my financial practice is that if I see too many people in a day, Mm -hmm. I I can't go into the details of their plans like I would want to. And so I can feel that same relationship in the sense that like, I'm not giving each person everything that I can because I'm doing too much. And when I think about Keanu, He's like, I don't care if my calendar is packed with everyone. Like, let's see them all. We're going to make it happen no matter what it looks like. But then I would stay up all night long, making sure I got all the notes down, making sure I got like (laughs) next steps and everything. So for me, it's like, okay, I can, I can still do this because uh, Jeremy, let me know how this lands on you, but more is almost enough or too much is almost enough. How does that land with you as a type? Yeah. I I find that when I fill my plate up, I tend to meet everything right (laughs) I tend to I tend to execute very well when I only put a little bit on the plate like I get lazy I get really lazy so I'm I'm better with my back against the wall unfortunately I I don't want to live the rest my whole life like that but that's just how I work well I mean we we've got some work right now that I (laughs) like I'm like, why did I say yes to all this? And it, and it, but I, but I perform, I, I get up and I perform, thankfully. Well, I think that's a good transition into hearing a little bit about your side and uh, the business that you started. What led you to your career path, um, both as a, as a driver and then into the engineering field? 
It's interesting. Jennifer and I have very different reasons um, for starting businesses and we're, both transitions have been successful, thankfully, but hers is like, she, she truly desires to fix the need. That's what drives her. And I mean, every day she gets up to do that and I see it. She, she's, she's done an amazing job and she's done an amazing job, like sticking to her plan. There's a lot of people, successful people who have tried to steer her towards kind of, you know, the traditional, you know, see as many clients as you can see as many clients. And she's like, no, I, I want, I want the right clients. I want to, I want to fix them and I want to improve their life. And she stuck to that wholeheartedly and, and really taken off. So that was her drive. And I don't, you know, if she never found that need, never saw that need and had, and was happy at a, an employment situation, I don't know that she would have ever desired to be fully independent the way she is now. Whereas me, like my personality, I just want to, I just want to be in control of my, my own income. That's, that's the main reason I'm not like Jennifer where like, I see this huge need and I I so desire to go fix it. I'm just like, I just don't want to be told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. (laughs) Right. I love the honesty. (laughs) So for me, that's why my main passion was driving race cars. And unfortunately in that sport, you need a lot of money to get in front of the right people at the right time to win the right races. I had a lot of help. I came from a family that didn't have the money to, to race beyond go-karts. So we raced go-karts and then pretty much after go-karts, you know, my family was like, Hey, if you want to do this thing, you got to go get sponsors. You got to go meet up with the right car owners. So that's what I did. I, I networked myself. I found the right car owners, the right sponsors. There was a couple national driving competitions that I entered into and I placed very well. One, I finished second in, and then that landed me a few years later that landed me a full-time ride, which is like, you know, essentially the owner and the sponsor are paying for all the bills, which is, it's very expensive. So I won the championship. I won a bunch of races through that, through the help of great coaches, uh, great mechanics, great team owners, great uh, crew chiefs. But I got to a plateau where unless I found like a million dollar sponsor, I'm not going any further. You know, that, that was the reality. And at the time I sacrificed my main income as a, as an engineer to go pursue racing because you have to be available all the time. You have to, you know, you have to drive through, through the nights to get to the racetrack. You have to work on the race car. I was the labor and the driver. So it got to a point where I was like, this is either happening and it's the career or it's just a hobby. So Hmm. that happened around age 25, 26, and it really hit home. It was hard. I, Hmm. there's days I still want to drive race cars, but for whatever reason, it wasn't, wasn't God's plan. So, um, I switched, thankfully I have an engineering degree. I switched to my backup plan to become an engineer. I worked in the racing industry, long hours. You know, there's, you can, the philosophy is, is you can always make more speed, right? So your work is never done. It it doesn't matter if you won the last three races, the competition's coming and you need to work harder, find more speed, work more hours. So it was very, very grueling. And most of those deals, you are a uh, salary. So you, you think you're making a good, a good wage. And then you, you realize you your worked. dollars per hour. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you make the mistake of calculating your dollars per hour and you're like, hmm, they've got me. Right. So I, I kind of transitioned out of that working for 
as a, as a W2 employee. And I went into contracting. So right now I'm contracted and I've got, I've got one major, major contract and uh, on the NASCAR side. And then I do, I do other work as it comes in on the engineering side. And, and I prefer that, like I get, I get paid for the work I do. So that's what led me to, to be in the business that I'm in. And what does that mean to have a, a major contract uh, in that space? Well, so it's major, it's major to me, sorry. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it might not be major to, to other people, but, um, and it's funny, you know, uh, General Motors has a lot of, a lot of subcontractors to do uh, various engineering work in, in all of their areas, as opposed to bringing in in-house a W-2 employee. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on that side on the racing, on the racing program, Chevy racing. So that's awesome. Well, I think that that's pretty major for most of our listeners, uh, not knowing exactly what that means, but no, congratulations. That is awesome. There was one thing that you had said, I don't think you meant for it to be inspirational, but it fired me up and I'm glad I'm going to the gym to work off my Thanksgiving dinner after this, but you said, there's always more speed. There's, you can always go faster. Like that just got me like, yeah, there is. Let's go. (laughs) It makes sense why you gravitated towards that space. Because if you're thinking as a driver, you know, you can always do more, win more, become more, right. You're, you're blazing a trail. And then even then when you sidestepped into the engineering space, Hey, I can now create the machines and do the things that make others go faster. And there's no limit. Right. Right. So that, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I do love how you own your motives of, Hey, I just want to control my destiny. And I think that that's, that's okay because that's um, somewhere in there. That's all of our motives as entrepreneurs and as business owners. And it's all right to, to own that. When you all started your businesses, tell us about what finally made the decision to say, okay, today I'm going, we're making this happen. And then some of the stories maybe from early on in getting your business started, uh, through the lens of your Enneagram and just your story in general. You know, as a type one, what was it that was like, what was that piece of information or that that thing that clicked for you that said, you know what, let's do it? So I think for me, um, I had known, like I said, my after my first job, I was like, I'm going to start a practice. And I kept praying about it. So this, I mean, it probably took, what, I guess that was four years, four years before I did. And I had been praying about it, journaling about it and just like, okay, God, when am I supposed to do this? You know, when's the time? And I started like a business plan. And, um, while I was working for someone else, I started treating patients on the side at different gyms. So I was kind of testing the market and realizing, Hey, this is what I definitely want to do one-on-one. You know, I really like athletes or active individuals, And I was working for someone else. I had also gotten into management and was doing a really good job as a manager, was crushing their numbers. But I also felt like I was still, you got to do more, you got to do more. So there came a point that I just, I had written up, typed up this, I don't know, 17 page business plan and it wasn't perfect. And what I've had to learn that it's progress over perfection Um, and 80% done is better than not done and perfect. So I finally was kind of pushed. Some things set me off. I was really struggling with my position at work. And finally, I just told him, I'm going to turn in my resignation and I'm going to find a place and I'm going to leave and I'm going to start the business. And he's like, okay, you know, let's, let's do it. You know, I support you. You know, you've been, it wasn't like a spontaneous. I just decided, you know, one month I was going to do it. Um, so I, um, ended up 
just launching I quit my job and we had found a space the space fell through and then within a day found a new space and just took the risk and jumped and it was tough it was awesome and it was four months after we got married (laughs) yeah Yeah. only God can put pieces to a puzzle together like that Honestly, it was truly a God thing just because, like I said, I had been praying and journaling and finally was like, all right, now's the time. And everything, it really helped being married too, because, you know, he really supported me and we knew like we had his income. I also was still going to keep working for someone else is what they call PRN. So you're just um, working as needed. Um, so there was a little bit of a safety net while I started started the business and he was like, I support you. We'll figure it out. You know, we have, we have enough, we live below our means. So it wasn't like me leaving my job was going to put us in a tough financial position. Um, obviously we had to be tighter, but that was what really, really helped to encourage me was just knowing I had his support and encouragement. What would you say to type ones as we're interviewing guests, this is becoming one of my favorite questions, but what would you say specifically to type ones that are thinking about starting their business? And they know that that's where God is calling them to, what would you say to them to uh, have the faith to take that next step? Well, one, have the faith that God's going to help you, but two, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have it all figured out before you launch. So don't let that stop you from launching. Um, because there's even now I still don't have everything figured out. It's constantly a work in progress. So don't, don't let fear of, um, doing things perfect stop you. So that's what I would say. One of my favorite quotes uh, by General George S. Patton is a good plan violently executed today is better than a perfect plan executed next week. So that may give you and Lamar a little anxiety, but it gets, me <laughs> you know, you know, that uh, once you, you take the linens out of the dryer, right? The bed sheets and you make your bed and it's perfect and it smells awesome. Right. And you can't wait to get in it the next night and go to sleep, your business will never look like that. Like that, that like in me, that's like perfection, right? Like it's all planned out. It's perfect. And then all you got to do is jump in and go to sleep. Mm. And it's just never, it's it's never going to look like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's a good analogy. And I think especially coming from the perspective of an eighth, it's like, Hey, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We'll go and we'll figure it out. Right. Walk on water and build a bridge along the way. So Jeremy just killing it with the transitions today, but now transitioning (laughs) over to your side, what was it like from you and your perspective and jumping into starting your business going all in? Yeah. So uh, mine was, I guess, probably a little easier for me. And when Jennifer came to me and was like, Hey, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to start this business. She said, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll help support you. I was in my head. I was going about time. (laughs) I I, I really believed in her for a long time. I couldn't wait till she, decided for herself that that's what she wanted to do. And she, she was doing a side business, a side hustle for many years before that. And she proved that she was successful at that. Um, so I was just waiting for her, her to say, yep, I'm good and ready. But then uh, over to me, we'd gotten married and uh, I had a business opportunity presented to me and I wasn't particularly happy with the, with the, uh, long hours and job I was currently doing. So I partnered with a friend of mine. He had already had a successful, it's a uh, upfitters automotive shop where they uh, put aftermarket parts on vehicles. So he gave me an opportunity to partner with him, go into business with him. And it was right around the same time that Jennifer um, decided she wanted to start a business. So we got married and both started businesses like 
at the same time. Yeah. Wow. And then we went to the courthouse and got married because we were we were ready to do that. And then we planned our wedding after. So we planned a wedding within 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 12 months. Wow. We got married. We started two businesses and we planned a wedding. So yeah. we, we would not recommend that for <laughs> newlyweds. Uh, it was challenging. We made it. But the, so I started that business, uh, went into that business with my, my friend and it, it was, it was a good business. It was just not, not enough of what I, I was itching Desire, to do. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I ended up parting ways with him. We're on great terms. He still has an amazing thriving business. I'm thankful for the opportunity, but I transitioned out of that into contract engineering work. So that was my true, true desire to go do that. So I moved forward with that. So my, my transition was, I don't think it's difficult. It's like you know, a no brainer for you. Yeah. I had, I had income day one. Right. And then when I picked up the contract for engineering, I had, I had income the second time, right. The second month. Yeah. So it was a little bit easier you know, you still, still a lot of work to do, still a lot of questions like, you know, your contract's only good for so long. So what happens if you don't do a good job and, and they don't re up? some tough things to get through. But. Yeah. I think those are very different uh, types of industries as well, where Jennifer's is, is by volume and individual um, connection. Yours yeah. is by, you know, larger contracts yeah. one after another. And, and um, but, but to hear the, the transition that it sounds like you all kind of went into it seamlessly, Jennifer with her 17 page business plan. And you were <laughs> like, okay, I guess today's the day. <laughs> yeah, It's funny, man. I, I've, I've written out plenty of business plans. And um, none of the ones I read, wrote out ever came to fruition. It was the, the things where I just, well, let's try this, you know? Wow. It reminds me of like how, you know, with Keanu and I working on our uh, our coaching business, it's like, I've got all these lists of things like, hey, man, like, let's get all these things laid out. Um, and, and he's just ready to go. But it's good because we, we need that. So I was curious right. to know with you guys being so different um, in a number of different ways, but also like-minded, how was that? I would love to hear both of your perspectives of Jeremy, how has Jennifer's mindset helped you and, and vice versa for you, Jennifer? I think for me, it really helped. Um, and obviously being, I feel like I'm more, a more mature one too. And I say that's truly from God, you know, he's helped me know too, that it's not, we can't be perfect. Like perfect isn't achievable, but he really helped me um, just encourage me. And when I, even though I had a plan, I just said, you know, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he's like, it's all right, we'll figure it out. You know, like it was no big deal, you know, just reassuring me where I'm like, let's think about this, you know, and worrying about it a little bit more. And he's like, it's okay. We'll figure that out. Like that's, and what do you need me to do? you know, and ask me for help. Like you don't have to do everything. And that was something I had to learn too. And I'm still learning, like ask him for help. Don't try to do everything yourself. Um, you can't always have a plan. And I've physical therapy has helped me learn to be flexible from day one anyway, because your schedule is always changing because patients reschedule or something new comes up. You think someone's coming in with neck pain and now they're they actually have back pain today. So you constantly have to be flexible, but I think he really helped just encourage me when I was questioning. Um, and when that little fear parts of fear would creep in, he'd be like, why are you worried about that? You know, that's no big deal. So he helped you to lean more into your faith instead of having to control it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And lean into him, you know, to not do everything so independently as well. 
Yeah, to combined, we've got a lot of really useful skills, so that helps. Um, we've we've done a lot of whiteboard sessions. I think whiteboard sessions really help ease the uncertainty for her. Uh, can you tell a little more about your whiteboard session process? Uh, she'll have a, a problem and that she's asked for help with, and I'll just think about it for a while, and, and, and I'll be like, okay, this is the way we need to do it. And I've learned that if, uh, if I get Jennifer at the wrong part in the day it's just not she's just not gonna shut down yeah she's just not gonna want to talk about it or not gonna have the capacity to and I totally understand that that's not a that's not a a, a dig or a weakness that's just we get overloaded and, and that's it so I'll, I'll be strategic about when I say hey I I think I have a solution to to that issue let me know when you're ready and we can sit down and and whiteboard it out. right so once she's ready to do that I'll just I'll break down, usually it's numbers or it's a process issue, right? Or it's IT technology. And I'll just, I'll, like flow charts work really well. So we'll just flow chart it out or I'll break down all the numbers on the whiteboard. And she's like, yep, I see it, right? And then after the whiteboard session, we'll just execute it, like just yeah. how, how we planned it. Well, hearing a lot of your Enneagram types, the, the type eight, just because they take on the healthy characteristics of the type two helper when they're healthy and typically take on the unhealthy characteristics of the type five investigator when they're stressed, um, doesn't mean that they can't take on some of those more unhealthy characteristics, leverage them as strengths and then use them. So I kind of hear that within you as well, Jeremy, that yes, you'll you know charge ahead, but you're not afraid of sitting down and planning and putting things together and really still calculating it, even though your natural tendencies to just kick the door in, yeah. uh, you'll still think about other ways to, you know, see if maybe it's unlocked or so on and so forth. So I, I hear that in, in just you helping her to get it all on the whiteboard and then say, okay, now where can we go from there? Yeah. That rolls into what you're saying, how her numbers help me. But I guess the word I would use would be prudence, right? Cautiousness. She's helped me slow down and take a second look at some things. I think it's really helped the trajectory of of our life. Yes, I, I can be very effective at going in the wrong direction or really effective in going in the right direction, right? So I have to be really careful about where I decide to use my energy. Mm. Um, and that's that's how she's helped, helped me slow down, be cautious, right? And then go, yep, this is the way we're going. And then just kill it. Jennifer, how do you approach him with that? Because type eights don't like to be controlled, don't need to be in control, but they don't like to be controlled. So I'm sure there's a very delicate way that you approach that. What does that look like? <laughs> Absolutely. A very Give me delicate some advice. <laughs> <laughs> One, it's a lot in your tone of how you speak to someone. So he knows that a lot of times, and I've gotten a lot better. You know, our marriage has been great because I'll speak up for myself more or speak up for um, what I, I think rather than just being like, no, nah, what, you know, he's got his mind made up. Like now he'll even say like, what's your opinion? Or I'll gently kind of chime in and be like, babe, I think that you should think about this, you know, or he'll have all these ideas. Like, what about this? And what about that? And I'll say, have you thought about, you know, actually drawing them out? You know, have you journaled, journaled them out, you know, or written a, made a list with pros and cons to help you see and pause for a moment and kind of feel what you feel more led, led through. And it helps you slow down too, and really seek the Lord in it as well. Um, versus is this my decision? Is this of the Lord? Or is this, 
is this my decision or is this of the Lord or is it combined? You know, he's given me this desire. So I think um, just gently saying like, Hey babe, have you thought about this? And it's all in, all in my approach and also when. So if I know he's had a really rough day and he's exhausted and he's discouraged, that's the day I just encourage him. And then maybe in a time that he feels more rejuvenated, I can tell he's upbeat that I'll say, Hey, have you thought about this? And it's all instead of being, I don't know, I don't want to say catty, but kind of just like, well, you're not doing it right. You know, like I never, never use that type of tone with him. So Uh, being critical or judgmental. Yeah, no, she's very, very tactful, very good, very consistent. Um, And that's what what works for me. Like I can be, you know, I don't like to be controlled, but I certainly can be led by the right leader. That's what I've noticed. If, if, if I had the right leader in my life, whether it was management or a team, I just, I was like, let's go. Right. And I've, I've really grown to respect and cherish um, Jennifer's opinions. And so she's somebody that can lead me in certain areas of life. And I don't feel like I'm being controlled because I, one, she's, she's proven that. And two, I've already made up my mind that, that um, she's somebody in a leadership role I respect. One thing that you you had said, Jennifer, that I uh, really sticks on to me was when you mentioned, is this thought mine or is it from the Lord? All right. Mm-hmm. And I think what the Enneagram really does, it, it, it does a good job of pointing out where our arrogance is. Mm-hmm. All right. As a type one, it's so easy to think that the way that I think is the right way. It's the moral way. It's right. the way that everyone else should be thinking. And it's so arrogant because we don't have all the answers. Um, So that's what this has really showed me was that I can be really arrogant in my thought process of like, this is the way to do it. And this is how it feels right. Right. Yeah. You got to go to the eights to figure out what's right. (laughs) Speaking of arrogance. (laughs) He's thinking the same thing. Just just ask us. (laughs) Um, For you in 30 seconds. Exactly. We, you know, we'll have something. If not, we'll make something up. Yeah. But closing with your marriage, it's, it's so great. I think we, we've kind of had it throughout the conversation now about how you support and encourage one another. But one thing that I found and, and where I see a lot of value in the Enneagram in businesses and in marriages and relationships is that we all have the trap of trying to make the other person more like us. Yeah. So yep. Lamar and I, when we were even just friends um, and we worked together in financial services, I would try and make him more like me, more of a risk taker. And he would try to make me more like him, more of a planner. Uh, in the same way, my wife, she's a nine. So she would try and make me much, much, much more gentle. And I would try and make her much more aggressive. And when we realize that, hey, that's just not the way we see the world. And I'm doing yeah. you a disservice trying to make you a, a generic version of me. Mm-hmm. So for the two of you, tell us about your marriage, how you, it sounds like you have an equal amount of drive, if not more in your marriage as you do in your business and how the Enneagram has helped you uh, in your marriage. Can I start yeah, this one? Yeah, so, uh, I learned in, uh, when she started her business, I was really hands-on, right. You know, helping her get it set up and, and on and on and on. But I learned it was better if she came to me and asked me for help than me go in there and do what I thought she needed. Right. And that's hard. That's hard for an eight because you could easily just go rob somebody of their vision and take it over. So I took, I took steps back. I'm, I'm absolutely willing to help, but she, she, I just, I yield to her. I let her come to me and ask me for help. And then, I, and then I get it done for her the way she wants it done. Not the way I want it done. If she asks me for advice, I give her advice and I give her my opinion, but if she doesn't take it, I, I try really hard not to get offended about that. That's helped in our business and obviously in our marriage. Cause we talk a lot of business at home 
Um, and then as far as home goes, it's kind of, kind of the same thing. Like she, she prefers to run a little bit more at her own beat. Right. So I'm really fast and she's on a good day, average speed, <laughs> except for in the gym, except for in the, yeah, that's totally, I'm like, can you just, can you just do everything in life? Like you work out. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. so, at, so at home, um, she likes to, to have a different pace than I do usually. So if things, you know, if things I want to get things done, I just get things done. I don't, I don't have to go hand in hand and do everything together. There are certainly days of the week that we do things together, but I just recognize that we like to operate a little bit different paces. And you'll step in and help too. Like not even if, if there's something that you're trying to get done or you see, I'm trying to get done. He'll be like, Hey, can I help you with this? Cause it'll speed up the process. Yeah. You know, two of us knocking something out where he's like, okay, this is going to take her four hours and we can knock it out in one together. Yeah. <laughs> I think for same thing, like he was saying in business too, I had to recognize because I would see him sometimes trying to offer help, sometimes his advice because he's so direct. I'm like, he's trying to control what I'm doing, you know, instead of just letting me do it. And so I had to speak up and kind of explain that was how I was taking it and knowing him as an eight, he was just trying to be a good leader. You know, that's one of his strengths. So he wants to help and fix the problems you know, and I had to recognize that was part of him being a leader, but then knowing when I'm in a state, like, I don't want to solve a problem, you know, let's, let's wait till my mind's clear and we can. So that's when I'll say, Hey, can we meet and talk about this? And I will plan a time to actually talk about it instead of right then and there. Um, So that's really helped with business. And then in marriage, I think it's really helped to like understanding him as a leader. Um, I can be very independent, but letting him lead because I trust him and knowing that I trust him and letting him know that I trust him really helps us into encouraging him. There was something else I was thinking about with, with pace when you were talking. Were you just going to say how incredibly fast and efficient I am? Yeah, that's oh. what I was going to say. You're so fast. <laughs> so fast. I'm basically efficient. just so fast, so efficient. I'm like Batman, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm super, super humble about it too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Man, I love, I just love Jeremy so much. Um, <laughs> you, you guys are very disciplined in your marriage. Uh, Jennifer, you had told us that you have three date nights a week. How do you maintain that discipline uh, to pour into each other as much as you pour into your business? Having those date nights really helps, just really helps us be obviously I'm structured, but, and it's not that we only spend time with each other three nights a week. That's just the time that we know, Hey, we're going to step out of the house and we're going to be giving our undivided attention to each other. Um, if we have that planned, that helps us to set that boundary. You know, if someone asks us to do something, we're like, no, we, we have a date night or there's times like Friday, we might switch our Friday and Saturday because maybe something came up and I don't do a lot of things with girls and they might say, Hey, could we do Friday night? We might switch and do our day night, Saturday night, but that really helps us just stay structured and stay connected um, because we both have a tendency to work ourselves to death sometimes. So um, if we didn't have that time, we would, it'd be bad. You know, I think we yeah. would just go through, like we would both bulldoze through life. Cause I don't stop working that's another thing with his personality type and with his wing seven, 
when I'm in a healthy state, I go towards a seven, like I can be spontaneous. So he helps me with that and knows, all right, we need to plan a trip to go to the beach to get her away from the world and just escape and slow down and for us to reconnect. And I think if we didn't have those, like I said, those date nights every week, we would really struggle to stay connected and communicate um, just because we will work till we're exhausted. Like, yeah, we'll have nothing left. Yeah. And that, that, um, that was a learning curve for us, the date, the structured dates. Um, like she said, we, if we have a, if we have a calm week, there's obviously we're going to spend more time with each other, but, mm-hmm. but, um, the three nights we really, really try hard to protect those because we learned with business when we first started that first year, like there was, there was not, I'm just a worker. There was nights where I'd be at the shop working on somebody's vehicle or something till 10 o'clock. Um, sometimes she'd come bring me, bring me dinner. And then there's other, there'd be other nights early in her business where she's doing emails and, and, taking phone calls for patients late at night. And, you know, it got to the point where I said to her, I was like, I don't have 24 access to you. And I don't think your business should have 24 access to you. And she kind of said the same thing to me about my work ethic. So, you know, we just teamed up and made a commitment that, that, Hey, this is where we draw the line and we got to have some kind of family time and and this is our boundary. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So I'd like to yeah. touch on uh, yeah. what happened with you all getting featured on on Dave Ramsey and oh, yeah. being debt free by 31, <laughs> paying off $230,000 of debt. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that story? Sure. Yeah. So all of our debt was all of my student loans. Um, when we met, he was um, student loan free. So um, he assumed all of that debt when we got married. Um, and immediately he wanted the debt gone. Obviously I did too. I had been working at it though for three years before, two or three years before we, we met. Um, and he could see too, I was not just trying to add more things to my life. I still had the same car that I had gotten when I was bought when I was 21. And we were both just like, let's come up with a plan and pay this debt off. And with his aggressive um, personality, he was like, you know, I want this debt gone tomorrow. So I'll let him share a little bit about the plan and our decision to sell our house, but um, yeah. kind of his, his planning with that too. It's just something that we, I knew we needed off our backs so we could be successful moving forward. It was just an anchor that ties you down. So came up with a good strategy while we were dating, Jennifer, Jennifer held it all on her own. Right. So she, she paid it down. She did a great job. She worked side hustles and, and paid down a lot of money. So, I, you know, while we were dating, I had been stacking up my savings because I, I knew if we got married, I was going to, I was going to need that. Right. So we had bought when I was dating, I bought a house and we fixed it up together and then we got married and it became our house. We, we did such a good job on it together that um, we had quite a bit of equity in it. Then we started our businesses. So we went through this transition where it was just, we wanted to increase the gap between our expenses and our income. And we did that very well. God blessed us with opportunities. We ran with the opportunities. We didn't say no to anything. We just, any work, any extra work, we took it on. Said um, no to a lot of social things. Yeah, we said no to a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of social things. We said no to a lot of trips. So we just grew that gap between our expenses and our, our income and then put all the gap that was left over, we just dumped it on her, uh, her student loans that were left. So thankfully we, we made the decision. We were like, we were looking at, um, 
living in like a fifth wheel camper looking for for a plot of land to like put it on like we were getting serious uh, aggressive with it and then thankfully we we found a couple that had extra space in their uh garage apartment it was like a little a little a a guest suite it was really nice comfortable but it was essentially like um, hotel room yeah it was like a like a nice hotel room right so it was really really small to so we had to, we sold everything pretty yeah. much. Um, we had another friend that heard we were selling everything and they're like, dude, we have climate control storage. Don't sell that stuff, just store it with us. So um, we stored it with them, thankfully for like a year. We um, still sold, I mean. We, no, we, I mean, we sold a lot, but there was a lot of people that heard about what we were doing and they wanted to help. Yeah. You know, I they think that's the way, us. that's the way uh, good people work. That's the way God works. It's like, you're never really, totally out on an island by yourself like people aren't given handouts but i like to call them hand ups right like you're working people want to help you out want to want to give you a hand up so so we had that we paid rent at the at the hotel suite yeah (laughs) uh, you know um so we sold our house and we profited quite a bit of money on that um but it wasn't everything right it was probably you know 30 percent of what we needed to pay off and then the rest of it we moved into that guest suite. suite and then we just worked hard and and there were months we were putting big checks mm-hmm. against the loan and then finally it happened we uh we projected it would take us once we moved into the guest suite we projected it would take it take us 18 months and god helped us do it in in less than half of that so i think it was eight or nine months yeah we did it and it was totally, it was, like, it, was mir- it, was a, it was a miracle. Yeah. I mean, wow. it was totally God thing. Yeah. just because, I mean, we were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And when we were all in and like, this is our number one focus, it was just amazing to see, like, I guess just how the Lord blessed us because he was like, all right, if you're willing to sacrifice all this and just trust me, like I'm going to bless you, you know? So there was just like the work coming from nowhere, you know, we're yeah. like, oh, here's another job. Oh, here's more hours. You know, like I was working three jobs at the time I had started my business, but was still working two other jobs. And it was like, I had so many hours. I didn't know what to do, you know? And, and we just kept saving that and then dumping it and saving it and dumping it. And just little things like when we moved, we were like, we're saving a hundred bucks a month in gas just because we were closer to. So it was like, all those little things like a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there that adds up and pretty soon the debt was gone in seven, eight months or eight months. And we couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, we got <laughs> to the point, we got to the point where our expenses were like 30% wow. of our income and we were saving 70%. Or you know. and that- what I love so much about this story is that you got locked in on a goal and you didn't care what it looked like to achieve the goal. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We get yeah. so caught up in trying yeah. to look amazing and cute and sexy and successful while we're striving for a goal when like achieving a goal is gritty it's nasty it's ugly yeah Yeah. and it's not exciting all the time so i love that yeah no so i mean selling all your stuff hurts yeah like i a house at that we sold a house i sold my pickup truck that hurt Right? Oh, like, man. I'm, a, I'm a pickup truck guy. I know how boys feel about their pickup truck. I, <laughs> I learned that when I lived in New Mexico for a while. I'm like, man, people don't play games with their pickups out there. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I could just see, uh, you know, you, you're both united in your faith. Uh, you're united in your purpose. 
and you're united in, in your goals and there's just nothing that can get in the way. And the way that you all still love each other and support each other. I think that it's interesting that in your marriage, you were both prone to overworking yourself and giving everything to your business. And the fact that both of you were like that, you were able to come together and say, Hey, maybe we both need to work on this. And so you created common ground naturally. And that's what I find that the Enneagram does is it creates that common ground. For example, I'm an eight. So I'm always wanting to do more work, more, all these things, but my wife's a nine. So it's the total opposite. She wants to hang out and relax and basically the opposite. And so we have to find that common ground, but for both of you, naturally you did it. And then even with the debt thing where people say that, you know, eights uh, aren't able to dial in and, and focus. Well, in a way you use some of those strengths as an eight to not be controlled anymore. And you had said it, you know, we had to get this off our back. We knew that we needed to do this so we can move forward. And you felt controlled by it. And Jennifer knew that it was the right thing to do to pay it down. And you both just joined in on that and, and crushed it. So it's just so inspiring. I'm just sitting here listening and, and I, I'm forgetting that we're recording a podcast. I'm like, just tell me more, tell me more. Um, but okay. hey, I'd love to have you guys on another episode in the future. Can we uh, confirm that now? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, back. cool. Well, it's not like you're going to say no, I have, um, have record on. So <laughs> right, you know. I got you on record <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um, Jennifer, I know that you do a lot with social media. So tell us about uh, your social media, how people can follow you and how people can engage with you further. Um, yeah, so I have um, two social media accounts for Instagram. One's called Be the Change Physiotherapy. Um, and then my personal account is physio.rx, which I had started before I started the business. And then I'm on Facebook as well for the business at Be the Change Physiotherapy. Um, and I just put a lot of different content out there. Obviously, it's free just to help people, give them little, little tricks, little things to try. Um, for like shoulder pain or knee pain and just some free content that hopefully helps some people. And then um, I also do virtual sessions and in-person sessions if you're, you know, within the Charlotte area, um, just to help people do the things they love. Um, that's what I'm most passionate about in the business is I don't want someone to stop doing something just because they hurt or because another healthcare provider told them that they need to stop. So um, that's how I love to help people. And then hopefully you can learn something from them. I try to always be positive, both in my personal Instagram and business, um, just to encourage people. And we need more um, positive things in this world than negativity. Yes. So agreed. And for you, Jeremy, any socials that you that you're monitoring and, and building followers on? Uh, not really. I'm a ghost. <laughs> Me too. I'm not, I'm not yeah, on it nah. either. Well, it has been a pleasure, uh, Jeremy, Jennifer, to have you guys on this. You've been such an inspiration. So much to share. I know our listeners are going to really love this. So thank you so much for taking the time being such busy people. It's been a, a pleasure and an honor. Oh, well, same here. Thank, thank you thank guys you. so much for, for including us. Such a fun time um, just to interact with you guys and get to know you a little bit more. Um, and we hope that this really encourages um, your, your followers too and your businesses. Thank you so much. Well, we'll have you guys back on again. I know there's more we can talk about. Great. So, Looking thank forward you guys. To it. Thank, thank you. you. What an episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review and all those things that just make us feel appreciated and loved. And share this episode, share our podcast with people that could use it, introduce them to the Enneagram, the transformative power of this tool and follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week.